scripture, I want you to look at what I'm going to say. Let's begin with the palm tree and then we'll go to the cedar. When you're looking at the palm tree, there are a few unique characteristics of a palm tree. When a great storm hits, when a hurricane hits, especially for people who live in places by the oceans like the United States of America and all those other countries where they experience hurricanes from time to time. In our country, we may liken to the storms that come. Every time when a, sto a storm hits, you actually find some trees being uprooted and they are gone. And you may actually see branches flying all over, but there is some, there are some unique characteristics of a palm tree because when a great storm hits, the palm tree may be burnt over to the point that it is almost touching the ground, but when the wind has finally stopped, the palm tree rightly bounces back. It's not bent forever. The storm may hit, and it actually, you may actually see it from your window. It is bending, and it is bending, and it is bending, and it is almost touching the ground, but immediately when the storm has ceased, immediately when the wind has ceased, the palm tree right there and then it bounces straight back. That's what happens with the palm tree. Hallelujah. Amen. When it is bent over under the pressure of the storm, Something's happening to that palm tree. It is becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. The stronger the storm, the stronger it becomes. The tougher the storm, the stronger it becomes. The harder the storm, the stronger it becomes. Whether the storm is coming at 100 kilometers per hour, 200 kilometers per hour, the stronger the palm tree comes. Yes, it may be bent over, but stronger it becomes. Hallelujah. And that's, we, that's one thing we must understand. God knew and God knows that there would be difficult times. And that's why I said difficult times are guaranteed. We may try to pray them away, but they are guaranteed. We go through difficult moments in life. We go through challenging moments in life. And God knew that there are going to be storms. There are going to be tough moments. There will be difficult times. There will be things that will come against us. And when they come, it's most of the times to steal our joy and to steal our victory. The moment your joy is gone, you're doomed. Because when joy is gone, hope is gone as well. And God knew that there will be storms in our lives. And God knows that there will be storms in our lives. That thing God knows. And he knows that when the storms have come, it is to steal our joy. It is to take away our victory. It is to take away our joy. And, but God said, you are going to be like a palm tree 
Because when the storms of life blow, you're going to come right back and you'll come back right back stronger than before. Somebody say amen. Amen. God knew these things. For some of us today, I can assure you, some of the things we used to cry about and cry with, when we were young, we no longer cry about those issues today. Because the Lord has made us stronger through life. You are never going to find me crying up there, crying for freezes. You, you will never. Did I cry one time for freezes? Yes, I did. If you refuse to give me a bit of granite, did I cry before? Yes, I did. These days you can say it's in the Gugaira and it's in the Kulta. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. There are some things that you can do to me today. They don't move me. They don't shake me. Why? I have been through storms of life because I know who the Lord is. Amen. So God knew that there will be storms in life. And it is foolishness on our part that when we go through storms, we think we can do a strike on God. Because the challenge is we, we miss the opportunity to become strong. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The events of life, the storms of life, are intended to make you stronger. They are not nice. They are not good. You don't smile in them. But you know what? Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. And because he lives, we can declare it is well with my soul. Because he lives, we know our God is real. These are the moments when you have to have focus on the big picture. My God is real and is not confused with what is going on. Hallelujah. No matter the storm you go through in life. Some of us right now, we are going through our own storms. We cannot begin to disclose to you the storms we are going through. There are kind of storms that if we share with other people, other people can eventually say, you know what? Just because they have heard what somebody else is going through. So I want you to understand, storms will come. And you'll be encountered with storms in your life. But they are intended to make you stronger. Amen? Amen. A good number of you today, you are indeed stronger. The example I gave you right now, some of the things that you used to cry about before, you no longer cry about them today. No. It's because you have become stronger with time. And I can assure you, when you have gone through storms, and you come out of the storms, there are several things that happen. You do not only become stronger, you also become wiser. You become wiser. You know, you get to the point whereby you choose which battles to fight and which ones not to fight. When you meet other people like Pastor Madaf, who are very clever, maybe. Okay? And who are all over the place. There were moments in life when we would join battles that are not our battles. As long as we hear Kurinde Utimakalo in Alarao. You understand? We, we, we did some crazy things when we were young. These days I choose. 
Even with my children, I choose which battles to fight and which ones not to fight. Amen. Because I say, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time arguing with you. You will grow up one day. You will become like me. And you, will go your, and you have your own children. And you will understand it's a waste of time to fight some battles. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There's some, you become wiser. And that's why sometimes you can even give somebody counsel. The reason why you give counsel is because they have seen things in life that you have never seen yet. So even when you are being shaken and moved, they even want to go like, ah, it will be okay. And you say, no, 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 no. No, it will be okay. And sometimes I don't want to tell you when it will be okay. But you know what? Storms make you wiser. Storms make you stronger. And when you have gone through storms, you become more alive. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know I am heading for victory. The reason why you know you are heading for victory is because you have been through one storm before. You headed for victory. And therefore you know even this storm will pass. I can assure you one thing. COVID-19 will pass. That I want you to understand. This thing that we are going through right now, it will pass. And we are going to come to December and we'll be saying, Hey, Komabad, because right now, what you see in Pungwe Pungwe, you see people are all over the place. And you're wondering, what, what's wrong with you? But it's these moments that make us wiser. Some of you that are going through this today, these are stories that you're going to tell your children. We have heard about the Spanish flu of 1918. We were not there. And then World War I, we were not there. World War II, we were not there. There have been other pandemics along the way. Some of them, we were not there. Sometimes we hear about a famine that came at a certain point. Some of them, we went through them. Some of them, we did not go through them. Let me tell you one simple story. And I think I've shared it in church before. I've told you I hate poverty. That I've said before in church. But let me just give you a simple story. Some of us you see standing here today, there was a point in our life when February has come, January, February, thereabouts, there will be no maize flour in the house. And there were moments when we could only survive on Inkwani. You know what pumpkin leaves are? Without tomato, without onions. You just get them from the, the, the field, you boil them, you eat it, you survive for the night. There were moments when we had to go You understand what I'm saying? Because there's no food in the house. And you go, and And the chinangwa, you come home, you cut it in pieces, you boil it, you add a bit of salt, you eat, and you survive. Do you see I'm still alive? Do you see I'm talking to you today? Am I dead? I'm here. 
saying? I can tell you story after story after story. And the Lord saw us through. These are stories I will tell my grandchildren. And they'll be saying, hey, you know, Grandpa has a lot of stories. I really love Grandpa. Grandpa talks too much. It's because I had to go through them. Amen. So when I'm sharing all these things, we must be able to know we are heading for victory. Our brightest days are right out in front of us. In these moments, you can be confused. But I want you to know there are brightest days ahead of us. Businesses are going to do good again. We will excel again. We will jump on planes again. And life will be good. And we are going to come to that point where we will say, life is good. Amen. We will come to that point. There are bright days ahead of us. It's not gloom and doom forever. There will be great days. We will smile. We will dance. We will go to the wedding again. Today they have told us no more weddings. We will go to the wedding again. We will go and dance to Waichukucha again. Do you understand what I'm saying? We will go and we will rejoice. And we will go and sing. We will do it again. Do you understand what I'm saying? These things will happen. Why am I saying it? It's because those who sang We Are Not during World War II, when they thought they would never sing it again, they sang it. And when they were singing it, they were singing about us. We were now the Mwana with the Lelad. And I want you to know that's what is ahead of us. Because we may be in these moments and think great times, good times, wonderful times are over. They are not over. Bright days are right ahead of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want you to also always remember that God is on your side. And because God is on your side, you will flourish like a palm tree. You may be bent over, but you know what? You will bounce right back. So that's what verse uh, 12 says, it says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. A palm tree flourishes storm or no storm, winter or no winter, sunshine or no sunshine, mountains or no mountains, it flourishes. Number two, not only that, the Bible says you shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Why a cedar? Why does the Bible bother to talk about a cedar in Lebanon? Number one, cedar, the cedar trees, symbolize resilience. The cedar trees symbolize immortality. The cedar trees symbolize elevation. I was doing some research yesterday and I found out that there are actually some cedar trees that have survived over five millennia. What is five millennia? That's 5,000 years. When the Bible says you shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, it says, you know what? This life one day will be over, but one thing we know is that we are immortal. Do you know there is eternal life? Do you know after this life there is another life? Do you understand that? Do you understand that one million years from now we'll still be alive? 
20 million, million years from now will still be alive. And this walk we are doing with God right now will determine where we live after this life is over. See the trees. They can grow up to 37 meters high. And their branches can spread as wide as 9 meters to 15 meters horizontally from the trunk of the tree. See the trees? They cast their roots so down deeply. And because their roots go down so deeply, that determines the height of those trees. Shortly, we'll begin our building project at the end of the plot there. And it is a three-story building. A three-story building cannot have the same foundation as this church. It will collapse. In that story building, we are not going to use these metals. We will have to use some really, really hard metal. That can hold a floor and hold another floor. We, we can use this. This is for a shed. You understand what I'm saying? So when the city trees have got roots that go so deep, the reason is very simple. It's because they grow so tall. Hallelujah. Because cedar trees symbolize elevation. And the Hebrew word for cedar comes from a root word meaning firm or strong. So when the Bible says they shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, the Bible says because these ones are righteous and they are planted in the house of the Lord, which, which is where I'm going next, the Bible says what will happen is that they will become firm and they will become strong. In these moments we are going through, we now know who is really strong and who is not strong. Because you know what? It's this time that we have seen where people's hope is. It's these moments. And I say be careless. No, that's not what I'm saying. Washing hands, yes, let's wash hands. But I've been amazed with one thing. And I know I've said it before. Very few countries have called for prayer. People think they can sort out this thing alone without God. Because you know what? Even the wisdom to have a vaccine for coronavirus, you need to turn to God. You need to turn to God. Very few people have resorted to prayer. Hallelujah. Very few people. But a lot of people have resorted to social media, Facebook, WhatsApp, what is going on right now, Kumalawa Afangadi, Tanzania Afangadi. I'm not interested in death. Hallelujah. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in what the Bible says, you shall live, you shall not die, but you shall live and declare the works of the Lord. You know, when you have children in the house and they are watching Tom and Jerry for the whole day, in the night they will begin to wake up and say, oh it's because of what they hate their minds. 
In this moment, you can become an expert in, on coronavirus. You know what? You'll be dreaming coronavirus. In this very time, you can decide and say, I'll look at what the word of God says concerning healing. So that even when you hear, you feel a headache, you are not moved. But I can tell you, if Pastor Madaf just coughed right now, some of you are going to move from church. And you were like, hey, Abusa, and I was even I said, no, Musani Bide Bangkono didn't chifine. And even touching me. Why were you not afraid? <laughs> so I want to say that the Bible says this is an opportunity to grow our roots deep. Hallelujah. Because the way our roots go down, it will determine what we face when we begin to grow up. Hallelujah. Amen, church. Cedars. As I said, some of them have survived five millenniums. And cedars can survive in a challenging environment. I was checking yesterday, there are some cedar trees in Lebanon right now that are between 1,200 years old and 2,000 years old. They are there. There was even a forest that when I was busy reading, it's a natural forest. I've forgotten the name, but it starts with A. And there are some cedar trees in that forest that are 1,200 years old, 2,000 years old. They are still there. You can almost say these cedar trees were there in the times of Jesus. Amen? They can survive challenging times. They have seen one corona after another corona. They are still there. And when I was busy looking at the cedar, it says that its wood is without knots. And it's not liable to decay. And therefore it's used for building, it was used for building and adorning the temple. When you see Ezra chapter 3 verse 7, they actually use the cedar tree to adorn the temple. To beautify the temple. Why? Because it does not decay. Why? Because the cedar tree is without knots. Even Solomon had to use the cedar tree for building of the royal palace. What am I saying this morning? I am saying that to grow spiritually, to determine how deep you will be in God, we need to understand that it is based on how rooted we are in his truth and how deeply we are rooted in his way of life. And because we grow like that, we will grow as tall as we are rooted deep. That's going to determine that. So, what does the Bible say there? It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. We learn from this scripture that no matter what life may throw at us, there is so much to our lives 
than what we are going through at this moment. Amen? Whatever is going on in the world right now is only a sentence in your life. You saw that story I was sharing with you about cassava. What's only a sentence in my life? At that time, I thought that's what it is all about. But no, it's only a sentence. Anything you may be going through in your life right now, it's only a phrase. It may only be a chapter. It may be only a sentence in the history of your life. Verse 13 and 14 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. And because of that, we can stand on 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. But you know, the good news is this. You are the one who chooses to grow or not to grow. And that's what amazes me. You know, if you make a decision and say, I want to grow in the Lord, do you know you're going to grow? And, and people will be saying, And people will be saying, People will be saying, and and You will keep him in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And already from there, he has got three points to share. And people begin to wonder why he has made a decision to grow in the Lord. And I want you to challenge, I want to challenge a lot of us. We still haven't yet made a decision to grow. A lot of us, we still haven't. We still haven't. We still operate from the flesh. But I want you to know, if you want to grow, you can grow. Amen. Amen. If you want to grow, you can what? Grow. grow. And the Bible says, because you are righteous, because you seek the Lord, because you want to grow, you will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, clarify your purpose in life. Clarify. What is your purpose in life? You know, difficult times, require us to really define what our purpose in life truly is. A person with nothing to live for, subconsciously, they prefer death. A person has nothing to live for. Their preference is death. I've heard a lot of people, 
nikamwambia Jifa, "Numau za zona udi nesingifa nao." You know, a lot of people when when you when you really have nothing to live for, you prefer death. I'm not saying everybody who has died, they had nothing to live for. Because there's a time when you die and have to go to glory. There's that time. But a lot of people who have nothing to live for, you check them, they will prefer death. Actually, there's a study that has been done that a lot of people would prefer to die than to stand and make a speech in public. <laughs> It's a research. Research done. That the fear of public speaking for a lot of people is more, is greater than the fear of death. They would prefer death than ask them to come and speak. There are people you tell them, come here and stand. And you be shocked. <laughs> You know, by lot of people of nothing. So my question is, what are you living for? What are you living for? Amen, church. But someone who has something to live for, the reason why they have to continue to live, they can endure almost anything and survive almost anything because they have got a reason why they are living. If you lose your purpose in life, you are truly lost. Why? Because you lose faith, you lose meaning, you lose hope. I am praying, I say, Lord, if it pleases you, I would really love to see my children's children. I would really love to see their children. I would love to have a picture one day whereby they will say four generations are standing here. The oldest is Pastor Magdaf. <laughs> then there's a Shaddai. And there's a Shaddai's son. And there's the son of a Shaddai's son. And we take a picture. And they frame it and say, these are four generations. Ah, the queen has done it. <laughs> the queen is there. There's Prince Charles. There's William. And now there's Prince George. Who am I not to have the same? <laughs> and that woman is not going anywhere. <laughs> and some people have abdicated. Is that English? Yes. They have. She is not. She had a threat of coronavirus the other day. No, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> the son is the one who actually caught it. The old woman is still there. She is still talking. And she has a picture. So what I'm telling you right now, she actually has a picture of her, Prince Charles, Prince William, and Prince George. Why shouldn't I? I have a reason to live for. The Bible says the righteous man lives an inheritance for his children. Children, I want to see it. Amen. Amen. I want to see it. I want to be able to tell my grandson or my granddaughter and say, I worked really, really hard. I educated your father, but I also prepared for you. So this is yours. I, I really wish God can grant me that. 
that one day you guys will take me, hold me by the hand and say, Panopa Busa, Timachino, Guida Winao, Guida Winao, Guida Guchich, Nuguanka's government, Panabusa, Karanga. I'm looking forward to that. Amen. I'm not looking for Corona death. Hallelujah. Amen. So you need to, you need to have a reason to live. Otherwise, if you don't have a reason to live, you will lose faith, you will lose meaning, and you're going to lose hope. Those who go through the toughest of trials, if they retain and keep in their mind their purpose, they emerge out on the other side, no matter what. While on the other hand, one who has lost his purpose, is doomed for eternity. And that's not your portion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My question is, do you have a strong why in your life? Do you have one? Do you have a strong why that is strong enough to make you go through any challenge? What are you living for? What is your purpose? When you have such kind of a framework in life, it can easily help you to stay focused. Irrespective of what is happening on the outside. Irrespective of what is going on. Verse 15 says, the reason why all these things are happening says, to declare that the Lord is upright. And church, I want to tell you, the Lord is upright. And the ones to declare that the Lord is upright, it is those of us that are planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. He says that to declare that the Lord is my rock and to declare that there is no unrighteousness in him. There is no purpose of God that can be withheld from you or thwarted. No purpose. What God has purposed, what God has determined, what God has established, it will come to pass. And you need to have faith. You need to have the meaning. You need to have the hope. In the Barabama College, and there's everything else, but I want you to know. Corona or no corona? I repeated one time in college, and it looked like the end of the world. I was dropped by a girl, and it looked like the end of the world, without knowing that God was preparing Dr. Melda. <laughs> I've, I've gone through heartbreaks. One time when I was about seven, if not eight years, I fell into a pit where there was fire. If I show you my left leg to this day, it's not as black as my right leg. But I live here to, 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 to testify, to tell a story. <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been there. I had to stay in a hospital for a long time. I've had all those blisters of, of fire wounds there and having nurses coming to break them. Huh? The water goes out. Remove the skin. Do a bit of whatever they have to do. My left leg. And when I was young, if my, my older brother and my younger brothers want to really make me cry, 
And I don't want to get sick again. Because those who visited were few. I'm your pastor now. You didn't come. Why? Amen, <laughs> church. But, but you know what? I can assure you, most of the times, and in how many seconds are one day? I can go down to some Nyangozoa, I'm a Funanzao. I can go down to some Nyangozoa. We have seen it in this church. There were people we stood with. When they were going through hard times, they immediately the hard time went. They disowned us. They left. And I want you to know, the times that you really need a strong church community is now, Pastor. It's now. Hallelujah. And that's why Psalm 92, verse 13 says, Those who are planted, tell your neighbor, be planted, my brother. Be planted, my sister. Be planted. Hey, sister, sister, now be planted. Hey, be planted. I'm not with brother. This is a sister. Abus. That's a sister, it's not brother. So say, be planted, sister. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We need to be planted. We need to be planted. We need, with all of us, we need to be connected, especially when the times are challenging. We need people we can rely on for support. Mm. Hallelujah. We need assurance that we are not alone. We need assurance that others have got our back covered. And especially when we are going through challenging times together. So I want you to say, what does the Bible say? The Bible is saying, don't be a lone wolf. Don't be a lone wolf. Countless studies have shown that social relationships are the greatest thing since sliced bread as an answer to unhappiness and a, a formula for greater well-being. When they sliced the bread, people were marveled. But they have discovered that social relationships are the greatest thing ever than sliced bread. And, th and that's what we need. So as I've already mentioned, the cedar trees provided the best material for a strong and beautiful temple. Building a spirit-filled congregation is a team effort. It's not only for the pastor. It's not only for the deacons. It's a team effort. Whether you're going to resort to Bible study via WhatsApp, do it. And there's actually another homestead where they met. They decided, okay, we'll meet and we'll do social distance. But I want you to know, we need each other more now. This ploy by the enemy to say, my church has some money, is such a ticket. If it comes up, there is another lockdown. And the lockdown now is lockdown indeed. And we say, Abare, let's build up strong church community in our homes. Let's do it. It's a time to be planted. Hallelujah, church. Your approach to your spiritual life determines whether you are a cedar tree or you are a pine. 
pine trees, fire comes again. The many Nathalashikanga are forests. You find where I see the trees are, you can bring the fire, they will still stand. But it's dependent on your approach to your spiritual life. And that approach is yours, not mine. Amen, church? The way we ensure that we are of the highest quality, we are the highest quality spiritual material, is through obedience to God. And I love what Apostle Kapantengo said the other day. I know we have got very good relationships in church. We laugh. And you have got a pastor who doesn't say, Gwadani. You don't, you, doesn't, you don't have a pastor who says, hey, you have to be calling me Papa. You don't, you don't have that kind of a pastor. But you know, there are things that when I tell you, they are pastoral advice. You just obey them. It's not friendly. It's not friendly advice. Because when I give you that advice, I'm trying to prevent you from trouble. And then, even, even Pastor Sunga, there are some things that Pastor Sunga telling Pastor, we are doing A, B, C, D, E. And he says, yes, sir. And then there are other moments when we will tease each other, we will laugh. If I want to steal from him, you know what I, I call him? I say, friendly at that point. And then there are other times when I say, Pastor. We are doing A, B, C, D, E. He knows immediately, ah, pastor. So he says, hey, pastor, we are going to do it. So he doesn't begin to say, ah, my friend, what are you saying? Uh-uh. That time things have changed. Hallelujah. Amen. And it is obedience to these small, 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 small things that will determine you to achieve great things in your life. Hallelujah. Cedar wood is not consumed by worms. Cedar wood is not consumed by time. The church is not consumed by antiquity or persecution. The church cannot be consumed by coronavirus. It cannot. Hallelujah. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the gates of hell shall also not prevail against any true believer. Any true member of the church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Why? Because these cedars, these righteous men and women, why? They are planted. They are set by faith. They are watered by the word. And they are rooted firmly in the church. Because of that, they shall flourish they shall be green, they shall be vigorous, and the Bible says, in the courts of our God. Always growing, always green, always living, and for eternity. And I want to tell you, the Bible says, fear not, for I am with you. 
Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41 verse 10. So my words are very simple before we say quick prayer. There is always tomorrow. There is always the next day. There is always next week. And there is always next month. And the Lord will see us through. Amen? Let's quickly turn our Bibles to the book of Numbers 31. Numbers 31. If you find, say amen. 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 Numbers is in the Old Testament. Numbers 31. We say a quick prayer because there are some things I want you to declare. Amen. Verse 1 of Numbers 31. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take vengeance on the Midianites for the children of Israel. Afterward, you shall be gathered to your people. So Moses spoke to the people saying, Arm some of yourselves for war and let them go against the Midianites to take vengeance for the Lord on Midian. And I want you to know what we are going through is war. Hallelujah. A thousand from each tribe of all the tribes of Israel you shall send to the war. So they were recruited from the divisions of Israel, 1,000 from each tribe, 12,000 armed for war. Then Moses sent them to the war, 1,000 from each tribe. He sent them to the war with Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the priest, with the holy articles and the signal trumpets in his hand. And they warred against the Midianites, just as the Lord commanded Moses, and they killed all the males. They killed the kings of Midian, with the rest of those who were killed, Evi, Rechem, Zu, Hor and Reba, the five kings of Midian. Balaam, the son of Baal, they also killed with the sword. Now we know how Balaam died. But this one is a Balaam, the son of Baal. Let's move on to verse 48. Then the officers, who were thousands, who were over thousands of the army, the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, came near to Moses. And they said to Moses, Your servants have taken account of the men of war and who are under our command, and not a man of us is missing. Last night, as I was preparing for this service, the Lord put that word on my heart. He says, My son, no child shall be missing in KICC after this. No young man shall be missing in KICC after this. No young woman shall be missing in KICC after this. No man shall be missing in KICC after this. No woman shall be missing in KICC after this. And no business shall be missing in KICC after this. And no career shall be missing in KICC after this. The times are hard, we know. But none of us shall be missing. Let's go to Isaiah 40, 26. Isaiah 40, 26. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Amen. So I want us to stand.
I want us to stand. I just want us to say a prayer together for about some 10 minutes. Let's all stand. I just want us to pray. <laughs>